Welcome to the December edition of the Lee Schools TV podcast. I'm Rob Spicker, Assistant Director in the Communications Department and your host for today. We're going to be talking to two recently honored people in our district, the Principal of the Year and the Assistant Principal of the Year. Our first guest is Principal of the Year, Brandy Machia. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How's it feel, Principal of the Year? That's a nice little title to have. <laughs> it feels very good. Um, I would say um, I feel very honored just because it represents the work of my entire team. So I feel like that's a very good thing for them. Yeah. Did you see this coming? I mean, clearly, you know, you're nominated. But did you think before we walk into your office to surprise you that it's going to be you? I did not. I was actually sitting in a meeting in somebody else's office um, <laughs> that day. And so, yes, I did know that I had been nominated. But obviously, I work with um, some amazing colleagues. Um, so I really didn't have it on my radar, expect that anybody would be coming for me. So what is it you think that can make a really good or even a great principal? Um, so for me, I would say ultimately you have to be willing to serve. You have to recognize that this is a 24-7 job. Um, and I think that you really have to have that lens that like kids are first. So you have to always be willing to make that shift and make those adaptations. And sometimes those aren't comfortable because you may have to push back somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that that's really is if you kind of keep those things in the foreground, then you're in good shape. Yeah, it, it read this way that you were selected in part for your commitment to a positive school culture, creating high expectations for your students and supporting your staff so that those expectations can be met. So break that down maybe in more layman's terms for a parent. What does that mean? That How does that help? What does that mean that makes you stand out? So I would say um, one of the biggest things is then it's really about building those relationships. So we build relationships um, among the staff. We build relationships with students. We build relationships with families. And we've really started trying to build relationships with our community more. It's been a little more of a challenge here these last few years with some of what's gone on. Um, but I think it's really important to kind of lend that. But again, high expectations are, um, my goal is that every kid should go out there and be successful. And our students are going into a world that looks very different than most of us went into when we first began working. And so it's really helping to prepare them to be able to be adaptable and be flexible, um, but at the end of the day to continue to have that drive that they wanna move forward and that they wanna be successful. Um, but I think when you talk about the culture of the school, it really is about people caring for each other um, and not getting really caught up in job titles. So it was probably a week ago, I was subbing in a first grade classroom. Um, I've helped take trash out at the end of the night because we're short custodians. But it's not just me doing that. Everybody is then willing to jump in. So I think it's really that commitment to if we're here to do this, then that means sometimes we have to get our hands dirty. Um, and sometimes we have to be a little uncomfortable. So I always tell the staff that we're always looking to grow. Um, we're always in a different place, kind of on um, that line, if you will. And so while I may be here and somebody else may be here, the expectation is still that we continue to grow. And that's for our staff as well as our students, because if the staff continues to grow, then they can only serve our kids better. And so really thinking about how do we continue that ongoing growth, and sometimes that's uncomfortable, um, but we're all going to be in it together and kind of all do the messy work. But again, I think if we keep that lens of we're here to serve um, and at the same time, is it right for kids, then we can usually make the work happen. So, yeah, that's going to sort of follow up on that, that you've got 
100 different employees and personalities, 750 students and all their parents, and they're going to pull you in different directions regardless of, of the effort you're putting into it. So it can't be easy to kind of get that through. So it must be take a, just a concerted, concentrated, continuous effort. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think you have to recognize that this is your family. So while you, ha I have my own personal family, but then this becomes that really secondary family that quite honestly, you spend more time with than your own personal family. And so I think making sure that everybody understands that they are part of that family. Um, and that includes, I've sat in the hospital with people having pregnancy scares or, been on the phone when somebody's house is broken into in the middle of the night and trying to calm them down. So I think it really is just about um, building that cohesive culture so that we're all there together and we're all this. I mean, yes, there are absolutely quirky personalities and there are sometimes that somebody comes in and I'm like, really? Um, but I think you just, it's kind of that smile and like, okay, how can I help you? And really kind of thinking through that because on any given day, that could be any of us. And so recognizing that we all kind of have ebbs and flows, but as long as we're there for each other, in the end, people are going to be there as well for us and ultimately for kids. He said something that made me, me, me think of this. It's a 24-7 job. And I don't think unless you're in a school every day as a, as a teacher or as a very involved parent that you see the effort that principals are putting into it. They could be at school, but first thing when it opens at 6, and just because the, the classes are over at 3, they're not going home. Correct. There's things to be done. There's after school activities. There's meetings. There's trainings. Correct. There's lizards that go across your motion detectors in the middle of the night and set off the alarm. <laughs> so you have to respond to that. Um, no, there. it really is. There are things that are always happening. And sometimes even when you think you have a free night of like, oh, we don't have an activity or whatever going on. You never know. There could be a bus accident that happens, or you could have a student that goes into the hospital or one that we haven't been able to find for a week. And so somebody goes out and tries to do that. So it really, it really is, but I would say it's rewarding in that as well. So that while it can be exhausting, it's also very fulfilling because you know you really are making a difference. It's, it's one of those occupations that I always look around and I always joke and say, what am I going to do when I grow up? Um, someday I'll retire and what will I do when I grow up? But um, there really aren't a lot of things out there that as I look that I, I feel like you can get that automatic reward back of recognizing that I am making a difference. And you really have the power to influence kids for their entire lives, quite honestly, based on who they have as a teacher and the experiences that they have in school. Yeah, putting kids first. It sounds so simple, but mm -hmm. in, in reality is so powerful if you're going to make the decisions based on that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how do you do that? Is it just that simple that, that I'm going to make, I'm going to decide whatever we do today is for the best interest of these students? Um, it takes some backbone sometimes. Um, and honestly, I would say because, you know, the education system is very influenced and has been over time politically and just because different changes are made and I'm not saying whether that's good or bad but different decisions are made or different statutes come into play um, and so obviously we always have to follow whatever the guidelines are and I think that then it's always the okay so how do we meet this but we do what's right for kids and so sometimes that means there are things that I have to have the backbone to be able to say we're not going to do that or we're not going to get that done in time because right now my kids need this. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the flip side, sometimes that is recognizing that, hey, I know that I've got some uneasiness happening on a bus, so I'm going to ride the bus home this afternoon. 
um, just so that there's presence on that bus with the bus driver. Um, and I, I think it really is that knowing that that could be flexible. And so you really are trying to um, meet their needs, but sometimes it's taking things away and sometimes it's adding things to the plate. So you said when you got, when you got the award that you knew kids were in your future, but maybe you were going to be a pediatrician. That was your yep. first thought. And instead here you ha have ended up with a career in education. So can you just sort of tell us the journey and experience that took you to principal of Ravy Potorf? Okay. So um, I always wanted to be a pediatrician from the time I was a little kid. Um, I always felt like I wanted to kind of go into the medical field and do that. Um, and uh, I set off. I had taken a ton of college credits all through high school. So I went off to University of Florida and uh then I had organic chemistry. And um, so when I was in organic chemistry, I probably had some, and I'd always loved math and science. Um, I had some pretty big reflections on, do I want to do this science for the next couple of years? And I actually went to the Career Center at University of Florida um, and started doing some of those, you know, assessments. And mm -hmm. they give you, of course, now it would all be done online. Um, but you got some feedback as to what it was. And it kept saying, like, counselor, educator, like, and both my parents were in education. And so I wasn't really sure that that was where it was going to be. And, um, but I, I really just knew that my heart had always been with kids. And as I really kind of reflected on it in pediatrics, um, you oftentimes don't get to build those relationships that while you see them, you might only see them once a year for a checkup. And I realized that for me, I did want something that was more lasting that I could see that ongoing contact and be able to really help shape um, and mold. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, honestly, when I first got into education, um, I thought I was going to take the guidance counselor track. And then I got to know some of what that job does and what it um, holds. And I decided that really kind of wasn't my place, although I had done some kind of counseling trainings and stuff. And I kind of shifted my mind and just kind of began to get into um, some quality improvement stuff um, within the building that I had been at previously. And um, from there, it just kind of transitioned. I've had multiple jobs within the district. Um, and currently sitting at Ray V, I would say um, I had gone to the superintendent on multiple occasions. I had worked down here at the district office. And I would always say, like, I don't understand. Why can't we do this? Or why can't we do that? And one day he called me in and was like, so are you ready to do that? <laughs> and I was like, okay, now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. So um, I did go out there, and it's been an amazing experience. It's an amazing group of people and an amazing group of kids that we've been able to make some really good progress with. Yeah, and you touched on it. Education kind of is a family business in your family. It is. It <laughs> is. So my stepdad was a principal. Um, my mom was a kindergarten teacher, so I spent many a nights doing activities and building little things and cutting lamination for my mom. Um, and my dad actually is a geologist, and I actually had the opportunity to, um, he came and moved into the area for a little while and near the end of his career decided he was going to go into education. Um, and he was a teacher, so I actually got to be his teacher in a gifted endorsement class um, at one point. So yes, it definitely kind of is a family business. I knew what I was getting into. <laughs> you know, you know, it was ahead of you when you I, chose I did. it. Another reason you were selected as the principal of the year was your work during Hurricane Ian. Uh, Potorf was the special needs shelter and they say you never left. What's that challenge like to, to be a shelter principal during what turned out to be a, a you know, catastrophic storm? What's 12 days of sleeping in your office? Um, I, 
honestly, I would say it's probably one of the most rewarding experiences I've had, truthfully. Um, I did not go into it with that mindset. Um, I would say that I went into it with the mindset of, and I had told my family in advance, I'd heard the horror stories from prior storms of what had happened in some shelters. And I had said, like, that's not happening to my building. Like, we're not letting things get ruined. We're not, and not by any means, but by having so many people in the transitions. And um, so it was honestly, I'm trying to think, I think it was Thursday night that our water line went and we started not being able to flush very well. And that was the point at which I called my team into the conference room. And I was like, we're going to clean it up now or clean up afterward. Like, let's have a plan. And I would say that really, and that's a team that consisted of custodians, administrators, teachers, paraprofessionals. Um, and we all really right then were like, nope, we're going to get a hold of this. Like, this is our building. We're going to take care of it. So I would say that at first it began very operational mm -hmm. um, and that this is how things are going to happen. Um, and then very quickly we began to develop relationships with the people who were within the shelter. And I think you began to realize they all had a story and some of their stories were they didn't have anywhere to go back home to. And it was helping them deal with that reality, which for some of them, they didn't deal with it very well on the very first day. And because we were a special needs shelter, um, I didn't really envision the ambulances that would be coming in and out sometimes at the rate at which they were coming. And so realizing that sometimes like we had somebody who, you know, I'm comforting her as her son is transported off with cardiac arrest. And so now you're trying to say it's going to be okay, but I also know you don't have anywhere to go to and kind of helping you manage that. So um, my commitment really then became to the people and it yeah. kind of goes back to that serve. At mm -hmm. that point, I realized I'm here to serve the community. Um, and I did try to sleep. Usually my goal was to try and go to bed by two and be back up at six. That was kind of my wedge. Um, but I did keep my radio right there so that that way somebody who was at night was able to help. But we had some amazing community partners um, who did step in and were there to assist us um, as we went through the process. But no, it was, we, we treated them like resort guests. When they came in, we gave them an armband. <laughs> we told them our pool was closed. Um, but we did try to have activities. We opened a boutique. Um, we had... Um, bingo every night we had entertainment in the evening just to try and keep people active because we felt like as long as you're active and engaged then you're also with us and helping us to kind of really help take care of our building and so I mean honestly they even helped clean up our debris afterward we had some family members who went out and were like hey we put this in a pile and this in a pile because this became our building that we were all there together yeah just more of your purpose to serve right mm -hmm. And that's really what drives you, a purpose to serve. Yep, right, well. 100%. <laughs> Congratulations again <laughs> on being our principal of the year. It is quite an honor. Good luck as you move forward now into the state part of the competition. And maybe we'll have some even bigger news for you come this spring. We shall see. Brandy, we appreciate you coming in. And we want you to take a look at a story that was done by Lee Schools TV uh, journalist Grace Edmonds about the time spent at the Potter Special Needs Shelter. This is our snack cart and we take this around once a day for all the guests just so that they can have a little sweet treat or some chips. And that just brings a lot of joy during the day. Plenty of schools served as shelters during the storm, but Ravy Potterf Elementary had a unique responsibility. Guests who need to shelter in from a storm can come here if they are oxygen dependent or if they are electrical dependent. In addition to school staff, EMS, Fort Myers police and nurses from the Department of Health 
were on site 24-7. Prior to the hurricane, this was my office. This is now my office and my bedroom. The staff did all they could to uplift spirits. It really is easy um, to get into a slump when you're sleeping on a cot in a first grade classroom every day. Um, and so we've kind of really tried to be that support and that positive light for them. Not only did they offer fun activities, they also created a shopping boutique, supplying clothing, shoes, jewelry, and home essentials, such as diapers, socks, and deodorant. You know, a lot of times people are like, well, you should bring that stuff to a shelter. Well, when you've been brought in by helicopter or by boat, you weren't grabbing your soap on your way out the door. The people at the shelter may have came with the buddy, but they left with many more. Love you too. Love you too. Even though they're happy to go home, they're also very sad to leave. Um, everybody that leaves gives us big hugs and just thanks us for everything that's gone on. It's been a challenge, but it's also we've become friends. We know each other more. I feel like it's, we can become like a family. A bittersweet ending to a trying time. A time where community comes together to help one another. This is Grace Edmonds with Lee Schools TV. Thanks, Grace. Now let's meet our assistant principal of the year. He's Dr. Joseph Restino from Harns Marsh Middle School. Thanks for joining us today. How's it feel to hear that? Assistant principal of the year, Dr. Joseph Restino. It's humbling. I got to say, this is one of the greatest things to have happened in my career. And it is nice to be acknowledged, but also to acknowledge the people who've helped me get here. So it is very humbling. And why do you do that? It is an award for you, but you say it's a testament to the students and staff that are at school with you every day. Educators know that when you walk into a building, our wins are when we see other people win. And so I actually love being on the other side of the camera. So this actually, for me, speaks to the unbelievable hard work that the people in our building, our students and our kids did, but all of my mentors who have been teaching me since I was in preschool in this county. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about that in a little bit, but I do want to, you know, when you won the award and we were there surprising you, and, you know, one of the reasons you won it was because of the way you support students, the way you mentor staff. So let's talk about how you keep inspiring kids to think ahead. I've seen you do some of this on campus. That's a real focus for you is you're in middle school, but there's more to come after this. Yes. So my undying passion is knowing that I am working to make sure that our staff and our students, and even sometimes our parents when they come in, come out better than when they came in. And waking up every single day and working on that with them as a, co as a cohesive unit and understand that this is a community and when you win, we all win, that's what gets me out of bed. It's, I love my job and I love the people I work with and I love my staff and students and, and the parents that it just makes it easy. And when people win, we all win. And that's, that's what it's about. And you mentor assistant principals as well. So what kind of advice do you pass on to them? What do you, you know, sharing with them or trying to inspire them with that same kind of drive that you have? The best advice that I would, I would give them is to just take a step back and learn. Mm -hmm. Breathe it in. Understand that as a leader, you are in, in education and really a leader Overall, you are a servant. You are making sure that everyone from the lowest level of, of their hierarchy of needs to the highest, 
everyone is satisfied. And if one loses, in your mind, you feel that you've lost. Everyone needs to win in one way or the other. Forward is forward. No one takes a step back. And that's the best advice that I give them. Describe the job for us, assistant principal. What does that mean? What are you expected to do? What are you doing on a day-to-day basis? I like to believe that my job is what I said before, being a servant. I love coming into my place where I work and making sure that everyone is okay. If they're not okay, let's find out how we can make them okay. And if a parent comes in and they're unhappy, let's find a way to make them happy. They might not leave completely satisfied, but they're going to leave knowing that we care about your child and we make the best decisions for your child. And no matter what, at the end of the day, we did everything we could for your child. Every day has got to be just a, a roller coaster ride, huh? The most difficult days are when you go into them with a plan. You just have to go in and say, today is the day. I'm going to get as much paperwork and everything I, I can get done beforehand. And then I just, for the lack of a better term, fly by the seat of your pants mm-hmm. and make sure, once again, that everybody's okay. So your boss says about you that you believe your responsibilities extend outside the school day. This was part of his nomination and things he said about you and that your work day never ends. So why is he describing you that way? Uh, do you just, is this a 24 seven thing as an assistant principal or is it a, is it a Dr. Restino thing? Um, it's a little bit of both. Uh, one thing that I have discovered is that to truly build an educational establishment, to truly build an educational community, you need to be ingrained in your community. You need to step out. uh, If you need a starting point, just start asking people. Ask anybody. And that's kind of where I am. I'm the guy who goes over and goes up to someone I have no idea and say, hey, what can I do differently? Or, hey, how can we be involved in this? And just constantly leveraging those relationships to make sure that once again, our kids are okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what he, I, I would like to think that's what he means by it. I mean, I, I, I love our community and by loving on your community, you get to bump into those families when you go to the grocery store. I mean, it really, Lee County is a tight knit group mm-hmm. and I cannot go out without seeing someone that I've either uh, crossed paths with or has actually taught me growing up. Right. You are a product of the Lee County school system. You went to school here and then you ended up coming back to work here. That may not have been your first path. So what was it first as a student, as a child in the district, you know, take us back a little bit when, what was, what were you like as a kid? Oh boy, what I was like as a kid. Um, I'd like to say that I have just about as much energy as uh, as I have now. Um, I grew up in the Three Oaks area. I went to Three Oaks Elementary, Three Oaks Middle. I went to Estero High School. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, in high school, that's where I met my wife, whose birthday is today. So happy birthday, Amy. Um, but yeah, that's where, and I went to, once I graduated high school, I went to USF, go Bulls and came back with a degree in finance. Getting finance jobs back in 08 was a little difficult. So my, uh, my mom, who's a teacher over at Three Oaks Middle, said, Joe, why don't you try your hand in teaching? I wasn't ready for a teaching job yet. So the great Linda Mayer, who's still, who's our executive director, mm-hmm. she was an assistant principal at the time, who I've known when she was my teacher in elementary school, came up to me and said, I think you'd be great at teaching. 
And so she started me off as a pair at Three Oaks Middle. And then the rest is history. I got a job at James Stevens. I was a teacher over at Lehigh Senior High School. And then I got my first job as an assistant principal over at Lehigh Acres Middle. And I was there for six years, to which I turned around and transferred over to Harns Marsh. So I love this county. I've been everywhere. <laughs> so you may not have uh, set out on this path, but this path found you. This path definitely found me. Uh, it was really a... At, at the time, it was a means to an end, but once I discovered that that I could give more to the community that made me who I was, that's when I really found my passion. I see kids every single day, and even if it's just giving them a high five, a hug, listening to them, hearing about their weekend, what games they like to play, anything, or even, even teachers, or even the parents and parent pickup line, or uh, at the end of the day when you see them at, at, a, at a sports game. Just anything that I can contribute to benefit the community that made me who I was is the most fulfilling thing in the world. So this is your way of giving back. Well, you're doing a good job at it, being named Assistant Principal of the Year. Is there going to be a Principal Ristino in the future? Maybe one day, but ultimately I will do whatever will assist the community as a whole. Wherever that may take me in whatever role that, that is, I found it as an assistant principal. If uh, down the line someone finds it appropriate to name me a principal of a school, I will graciously accept and continue working for the community. Once again, that, that made me who I am today. You, I can tell just talking to you, you really love your job. Love it. I love it. And I love everything that entails. I love this. <laughs> love everything that entails. Like, I love the... I love the kids. I love my administrative team that I work with. I love my previous administrative teams that I've worked with. I mean, I have nothing but love for anyone that I've crossed paths with. It's just, we, we aren't on this earth long enough to not like our jobs. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I found mine at a very young age. And so I'm, I'm going to continue doing that and until, I'm, until I'm done which I don't see happening anytime soon. Like, I do this forever. We all work a little <laughs> can, longer than we intend yeah, to, don't exactly. we? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I could, do, I, could, I could see myself doing this forever, and, I'm, and I am definitely okay with that. All right. Well, congratulations again, Assistant Principal of the Year. We much. appreciate you coming by, shedding a little light on who our winners are this year. We wish you the best of luck in the state competition. You'll find out in the spring whether or not you can be the state principal of the year. That'd be quite the accomplishment, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, certainly deserving. Dr. Rossino, thank you for coming in again. And thank you, everybody, for joining us today, listening to the podcast here, meeting our principal and assistant principal of the year. We'll be back next month with our next edition of Lee School's TV podcast.